Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at the astrology of the month of May 2023. Uh, there are a bunch of significant transits this month, some of the biggest transits of the year coming in the spring of 2023. We had a huge month of March. Uh, April brought eclipses. We had Saturn and, uh, Saturn and Pluto changing signs in March. Eclipses in April and coming into May, more eclipses and Jupiter changing signs as well. Um, so <clears throat> lots to talk about this month. Um, I am without Alex this month on the overview for the month. Usually Alex Amorosi joins me. He is going to be with me for horoscopes, which you will get tomorrow uh, for the month of May. <clears throat> he unfortunately couldn't make uh, uh, the times that I had available this month for recording May's astrology, but will be with me for horoscope. So in case you're wondering why he's not here, that's why he should be back next month as well. So, um, so I'll be flying solo this month on the transits, but there's lots to say. Um, before we get into it, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments, and click the notification bell if you want to know when I'm going live. Uh, there is a transcript of my daily talk today on my website, nightlightastrology.com, if you want to read what has been said. If you go over to the website right now, you'll also notice that we are in the midst of enrollment season. My new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, begins <clears throat> June 11th. You can go up to the courses page, click on the first year course, scroll down to learn all about it. It starts June 11th, a new class. It's a year-long program with 30 webinars. They are all two to three hours each, including Q&A. Uh, and uh, we go through the entire history of Western astrology, the philosophical and mystic roots, of ancient Hellenistic astrology. This is like ancient Greek astrology, uh, the um, the earliest form of horoscopic astrology. And then we blend as we go uh, modern archetypal and depth psychology perspectives <clears throat> with a traditional approach. So it's a pretty cool class. I, I've been teaching it. This is the 26th class that I have taught consistently without stopping uh, year after year since 2010. So it is a program that I have been able to fine tune and pour a lot of love into over time. You can hear what some of the alumni have had to say about it on the page, uh, 30 classes on the year. They're all recorded. If you can't make the live webinars, you can move at your own pace. All of the material is downloadable. You get it to keep it for a lifetime. There's an optional certification exam at the end. We have tutors available in a discussion forum and outside of class for breakout study sessions to review material we've covered. It is a really well um, organized program with tons of material. Uh, so people who want to become a professional can take this class because they're ready to read for other people. People who are just wanting to take their love of astrology to another level, you're like, you know, I follow astrology. There's a lot of things I don't understand that I wish I understood better. This can be your hobby course because studying astrology will give you something like a GPS program. You guys have heard me say that before, but it's true. It's like being able to know what transits you're going through will connect meaningful things. For example, um, my, you know, my wife and I were just excavating some stuff in our pasts. Um, and we were doing that work, which is really good work. And we found ourselves within a few hours uh, having to, um, there's one of our trash cans, something like stinky got in it. So we had to like go clean it out and like pour some bleach in it and blah, blah, blah. And, I, and in, the moon was opposing Pluto. And I was like, or my actually Ashley brought it up. She was like, isn't it amazing that we just did all this like kind of excavating of old stuff from our individual lives. And then co collectively we go and clean out this trash can all while the moon is opposing Pluto. It's like, yeah, that's what astrology does for you. It helps you understand the moment that you're in and not shy away from it, but embrace it and be able to see the deeper divine patterning of your life, which is one of the most profound gifts you can give yourself. So studying astrology can be done for personal reasons or professional reasons. Anyway, at the bottom of the page, you'll find the early bird payment option. 
Uh, that uh, saves you $500 off when you pay up front. There's a payment plan. You can spread out the tuition over 12 months. <clears throat> And then there's need-based tuition assistance. And that's for people who want to take the program but have a limited financial ability. And we want to make sure nobody's priced out of studying what we consider to be a sacred science. So if you could use a little help to make it happen, check out the need-based tuition option. And if you have any questions, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. All right. Well, the astrology of May has many interesting transits, and we are about to get into it. Uh, we're going to go through them one by one. And what I do, if you guys, you guys who watch my channel know this, is this is not the the episode that I break down every single transit in you know tons of depth and detail. I give you an overview so you know here are the transits that I'm going to be talking about on the channel in the month ahead, and it gives you a sense of when they're going to happen and sort of sort of give you a little sneak, like a little taste for what's coming. But then as the month goes on, I tend to break down the big transits on this list in sometimes several videos. Uh, so um, this is just like your sneak preview for the major hits of the month. And then tomorrow, we'll be doing horoscopes for um, Jupiter into Taurus and the lunar eclipse in Scorpio for all 12 signs. Uh, those are the two major events of the month. So anyway, let's get into it. On May 1st, the major first transit of the um, of the month is Pluto turning retrograde. Now, I just mentioned this because you, you did it. You came this far. Pluto has entered a new whole sign house in your chart back in March. And uh, through this early part of Mar you know, March and all the way through April and into May, um, you got to know Pluto and Aquarius. And now the retrograde happens, which means we're going to start to integrate, uh, revise, and expand upon what we've learned. We're going to dip back into Capricorn. Uh, we'll talk about that later when it gets closer in June. But this retrograde is now a signal that the first major push of Plutonian work in that new area of your chart has taken place. And that, uh, you know, that's, it's like, welcome to Pluto and Aquarius land. What was it like? It's a good moment to just pause and reflect on what you've learned and what kind of integration you're being asked to do, especially in the area of your chart uh, that is occupied in whole sign houses by Aquarius. Now, on the same day, May 1st, Mercury is also at the heart of the sun. We have the uh, conjunction, uh, the inferior conjunction of Mercury with uh, the Sun through its retrograde. That Kazemi is a greatly empowering rebirthing moment for Mercury. So all the stuff you've been working on with the Mercury retrograde and the whole sign house of Taurus in your chart uh, is ready for a rebirth. This rebirthing moment takes a while as Mercury retrogrades out from under the shadow of the Sun and gradually appears at the morning star in the next couple of weeks. But this is a reset moment. So May begins with a powerful Plutonian retrograde and a Kazemi of Mercury, just really suggesting a moment of rebirthing uh, and of integration, I think, of material that we've been working on uh, for the past several weeks, at least, if not dating back to March. All right. Well, on May 4th, we take things forward just a couple days more and we see <clears throat> Venus going through a square with Neptune from Gemini to Pisces. Now, the Venus-Neptune square with Venus in a Mercury-ruled sign could be very bubbly, flirtatious, fun, uh, sexy, and kind of um, outgoing, sparkly comes to mind. Uh, it could also be a little deceptive. Venus in a in a in Gemini or in a Mercury-ruled sign could be a little bit more prone to like changes of heart, changes of mind, fickleness. Um, and maybe even some level of deception or illusion. That's always a possibility for Neptune transits and Venus and, and Neptune can point to, you know, like losing yourself, losing your bearings somehow in, in your friendships or your relationships, issues around boundaries or uh, some, some tendency to be too easily persuaded or to be too suggestible or open. 
um, maybe a little bit of deception around this one, but also just the, the general Neptune Venus vibe, artistic, beautiful, open, subtle, romantic, imaginative. Um, these qualities are sort of timeless and beautiful and there's a real flow and grace to this transit so i love i love tend to really for me i, I always notice my wife and i have the most interesting date nights always right around venus neptune like one time we found ourselves we went to a spa where they had like all these different saunas and stuff and i was like oh yeah of course venus neptune Anyway, um, on May 5th, we will have the lunar eclipse in Scorpio. Now, we've got horoscopes for those tomorrow, uh, but the lunar eclipse in Scorpio is concluding all of the eclipses in Scorpio that we have had dating back uh, for over a year now. And so uh, really deep, deep work around lunar themes, relationships, emotional bonds, family karma, karma around mothers, and the, the deep emotional transformation uh, that's required of us with the um, kind of uh, the, the, the signature of, of the moon and its fall being eclipsed with the south node. It's like pouring old stuff out. It reminds me of that exactly what I was just sharing about how, you know, my wife and I did this excavating of old stuff. This is under this moon cycle. And then the moon opposed Pluto and we were doing that. And then we also like we ended up going outside and cleaning out a trash can that was stinking in our garage. We had to like kind of bleach it out and stuff. So, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that we're getting to the bottom of stuff right now. This eclipse uh, coming on May 5th is about getting to the bottom of things, experiencing catharsis, purging, releasing, uh, impermanence, death, surrender, transformation. Those are all sometimes, you know, I feel like transformation is a quarter word jar, but uh, a quarter jar word, but um, it, it, you know, it really is appropriate for a full, a, a full moon lunar eclipse with the south node to be transformed through letting go, through purging, through cleansing, through releasing of old things that need to come up and be, we need to be done with them somehow. May 7th, uh, I like this because we're going to get a, a Venus that is suddenly bonifying, meaning making better, uh, the challenging placement of Mars in Cancer. Mars has been in Cancer for a while. Venus should start softening the edges of Mars in Cancer by entering Cancer on May 7th. We get just a lot. When Venus and Mars meet in a sign, it's as though the potential for tensions uh, and conflict to get soothed or um, stress to be relieved is there. You're still working through things, but now Venus in the same sign as Mars suggests like, oh, the tension can be, it's like getting a knot rolled out of your back by a, a really good massage therapist. So I love that, that Venus is entering Cancer around the seventh of the month and, and kind of providing some relief for the, the emotional heat and intensity that Mars has been cranking up in the sign of Cancer. So look at that whole sign part of your chart for sure to see where the tension might be, um, you might be experiencing some relief. Now, on May 9th, we have, I think, one of the more electric transits of the month. That is the sun uh, conjoining Uranus in Taurus. This is a very a moment of breakthrough, freedom, spontaneity, liberation, experimentation, rebellion, uh, defiance, uh, originality. Those themes come to mind for the Sun-Uranus dynamic, um, which is also uh, happening as the moon is coming off from the eclipse and suggests to me that like, even though the, the, the eclipse might be hard, there's a feeling of breakthrough right shortly after it. That, that's got to be a good sign. On May 13th, uh, there's an, another symbol to me that the potential for integrating some heavier dynamics emotionally is there. We see Venus trining Saturn. Uh, Venus in both in water signs. So the, the soothing or, you know, we might be experiencing some harder things, some harder emotional truths and realities, but the ability to soothe, calm, heal, it's like 
you know, some, you, you, you scrape your knee, but, but, you know, mom has a way of instantly making it feel better. So, you know, Venus in cancer has a way of smoothing over some of the melancholy that might be coming up um, toward the end of this lunation cycle, as the moon will also be in Pisces on the day that uh, Venus in cancer, the moon sign trine Saturn in Pisces. So kind of a soothing or a healing, but, but where there is soothing and healing, there's also wounding and more serious matters to be looking at. So that comes up a little bit around the 13th. Around the 14th, Mercury turns direct. Uh, so here it is. So here's Mercury stationing and turning direct. And I love this because you just, you just get the feeling that like Mercury's turning a corner. And this is now Mercury as the morning star too, which I love. Mer Mercury's just become the morning star, sort of bright and gleaming, announcing and heralding change and rebirth again. And what's so fantastic about this is that just as Mercury is stationing, uh, we have uh, two things that come up. One, the next day, Mars trines Neptune. And that, again, has a healing, soothing effect, especially where there have been boiling or hot emotional currents. And then the very next day, Jupiter goes into Taurus. So Jupiter gets out of a fire sign and goes into a stable, steady Venus moon sign. Venus ruled, moon exalted in Taurus. And I just love this. It's Mercury turns direct. There's all these soothing rays connecting Cancer and Pisces, um, which feels, especially since Mars has been in Cancer for a long time, really starting to soothe the, the rough edges. Okay. Whew, we're coming through it. The Scorpio eclipse was very watery and emotionally intense. A lot of big emotions, big feelings, we call them in my house with the kids, you know, and like, you know, there's this whole uh, theory that it has to do with uh, attachment styles in love. And one of the, the foundational ideas of this, I was just reading about it, some, I don't know, somehow it popped up in one of my feeds or something. And it was about, um, how if kids are told that their emotions are too big, too volatile, as children, that they will tend to, you know, either become a, a partner later in life who won't be able to tolerate big emotions in relationships, or they'll attract people who won't be able to tolerate them in, in you, you know? So um, we, in, in our house, we spend a lot of time making sure that, you know, how do we handle big emotions without trying to like silence them or control them in our kids all the time? Um, and I would say that uh, we all need that, you know, like I, I find that 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 idea is not just applicable as a parenting tool, which actually I think, you know, we listened to various parenting podcasts. And this was something that we picked up from someone else. It's not our original idea, obviously, but um, but we need that as adults, too. We need to know that big emotions are OK. Um, there's a lot of that around um, this month, the, the Scorpio eclipse, and then all of these kind of soothing dynamics, Venus entering Cancer, Venus trining Saturn in Pisces, Mars in Cancer trining Neptune in Pisces. And then Jupiter goes into Taurus and it moves into a much more stable, feminine, uh, earthy place where the moon and um, Venus are empowered rather than Mars and the sun in Aries. So it's a very different feeling Jupiter that we get mid-month. We're also doing horoscopes on Jupiter tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Well, Jupiter enters uh, Taurus on the 16th, but then on the 17th, immediately it squares Pluto. Um, this is interesting because Pluto-Jupiter dynamics, in my experience, are usually very empowering. There's a feeling of like, sometimes the exploration of power and the shadows of power are there, or strength in the shadow of strength or something like that. But this transit also has the ability to, you know, basically um, bring a very fecund, um, 
powerful sort of virile spring energy into contact with the sort of ideal um, big picture thinking of Pluto and Aquarius. So I, I also wonder around this time um, how the biological and the sort of like sensual feminine are being connected with the sort of ethereal intellectual qualities that that, that combination of those two could lead to really interesting things for example suddenly you get really interested in like lifestyle um like the science behind lifestyle diet um exercise nutrition that would be totally fitting for something or you start the spiritual approach to physical health where it's like an intellectual dimension and a very physically embodied dimension so the Jupiter square to Pluto, to me, is probably empowering. We're looking at power in the shadows of power. Uh, we're looking at um, how things grow and become fertile and strong. And we're also looking at the combination between the earthy and the intellectual. We'll get into that a lot more as it comes closer to the time. We'll probably be doing several videos on that one in particular. May 19th, there's a new moon in Taurus just a couple of days later. Uh, so we get a nice uh, new moon at the... It, interesting that it comes... Uh, in that last bound of Taurus as well. So you're looking at a 28 degree Taurus new moon. Uh, remember the eclipse was at 29 degrees of Aries. So we're in these culminating degrees uh, with some new moons, which means that there's, you know, the work in that whole sign house of your chart is, is reaching a, like a tipping point. It's like the, the, they point to transitions and to culminations and completion within that house, things that you're finishing or wrapping up somehow. Uh, really interesting. Uh, anyway, and then on May 20th, Mars goes into Leo. I think that's really interesting. So Mars goes into Leo and immediately opposes Pluto. And we have a, a signature there. Again, similar things, because if you um, look at this, let me just show you this. So Mars is going to go uh, opposite Pluto and Mars is going to square Jupiter as well. Um, like that. So we get this T-square between Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto. I think this is one of the biggest transits of the year, to be completely honest. The sun will be uh, coming right around the same time uh, on the 21st into a trine with Pluto as it enters Gemini. So it is a very, very powerful Plutonian transformational moment with themes of, of power, strength, domination, force, muscularity, um, the will and uh, uh, pride, and, and there's some qualities of, of ego and power struggles maybe involved a little bit, but it's also a moment where the, to build confidence, to start something, to build or develop something, to take, uh, you know, to take big, bold steps or actions toward things that you really want based on ideals that are really important to you. It has the feeling of, of like setting the foundation for something that you want to build. Um, and I love that feeling behind this uh, combination, which again is one of the major ones of the year and we'll be visiting that several times. Finally, on May 28, the last transit of the month that I have as really significant is going to be the sun square to Saturn. Now that's a little bit of a melancholic transit, karma around fathers, leaders, um, and uh, the, the, the check of the ego, the, um, the way in which... Um, our shine is being blocked or temporarily restricted by necessity, fate, limitations. Uh, we're, we're trying to creatively, something is trying to be creatively crystallized and it requires labor, effort, and sacrifice. Uh, and there's a little bit of like the death of something or, or something that's, that requires a little bit of a serious moment to really look at. 
So Sun Saturn at the very end of the month um, is uh, interesting. It's a very brief transit. Definitely one we'll be visiting on the YouTube channel for sure. So anyway, those are the major transits of the month and just a little breakdown of what I expect from them. Uh, can't wait to get into the uh, lunar eclipse and Jupiter into Taurus horoscopes. Uh, those ought to be really interesting. Alex and I will be doing those tomorrow, so stay tuned for them. In the meantime, if you have any good share stories to share this month, uh, don't forget to use the hashtag grabbed and then tell us the transit and then tell us your story in the comment section. Or if you prefer to email us, you can email your story to us using the email address grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. So can't wait to aggregate some of the stories from eclipse season and some of the uh, stories from Jupiter entering Taurus and so on and so forth. Uh, and breaking down all of the transits of the month ahead um, in the weeks ahead. So that's what we've got for today. Hope you guys are uh, off to a nice start of your week, and we will see you again tomorrow. Bye.